Hello and welcome to the CHGO Fire podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. I am your host, Alex Campbell, and joining me in studio today is my guest co-host, Joe Chats. Joe covers the fire and the Red Stars for ONTAP Sportsnet and is also very familiar with minor league soccer in Chicago, which is going to be very useful here in a moment with our guest today. Joe, thanks for being here. Glad to have you on the show. Always a pleasure, Alex. You know, Medill Mafia. We got to stick out for each other. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And we are joined now by Matt Poland, the head coach of Chicago House AC, who compete in the Midwest. Premier League, and they not only made it through multiple rounds of qualifying in the U.S. Open Cup, they won a match in the U.S. Open Cup and have a matchup now set next week with forward Madison up in Madison, a team that Fire fans will be very familiar with. Matt, congrats on the win, and thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Happy to be here. Wish so, I was in studio with you, you guys. It looks amazing there. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Restraining order on me. That was part of the issue. <laughs> Any, yeah, any more shout bad out to articles, the crew. They, right? they, they set us up well. So I got to start, Matt, with just the emotions of that night and what you remember in the aftermath of the win over Bavarians. What, what still is sticking with you from, from, you know, just the moments following your team winning that game? Yeah, um, before the game, um, I talked to the guys in the locker room and I was reflecting. It's actually the start of April last year is when we started training. Um, after all the, uh, you know, dropping out of NISA, not having the funding, all that craziness. And so we had 12 guys at a training session. That was the first session we had. And I, I reflected the guys in less than a year. Now you were playing at home in the actual open cup proper in front of your team and your fans. And I think that, um, idea carried carries now forward and it's like, it's incredible inside of a year what we as a club have built in a, in an amateur environment and the the standards and the success that we've had is is unreal so to be able to get the club's first open cup win um i think is awesome to be able to do it in front of home fans is awesome to be able to do it against a league rival makes it all the more interesting during the summer when we have matchups so i think all in all it's just incredible yeah, Bavarian United SC, who are out of Milwaukee, who have been kind of a juggernaut of the semi-pro game in the Great Lakes region for a really long time. Shout out to everybody who made it out to Elmhurst University for that game. I was unfortunately unable to be there, but it was cool to see that atmosphere for a game like this. You kind of alluded to it, Matt, that you know, you've been building up to this for a year. Is it fair to say that both with the Open Cup specifically and just kind of in general, which is it fair to say your expectations have been exceeded by this team and your players from the point where you took over to now? Yeah, I, I think we, uh, I mean, quite honestly, I think, um, I mean, you look at what the odds makers gave us on, on betting sites and it wasn't great. Um, and, but, it, but in every situation, every game we've been in, um, I think we've been the underdog in the open cup. Um, I don't think we've ever been in the situation where it's like people just came expecting us to win. And I think we've had to claw and fight. Um, so I think we've exceeded expectations. And on top of that, the other crazy thing with it, it's not like we're running the same lineup. We've never once in the open cup had the same lineup. So in, in the games we've played, every single game has been different players. So I think that's a, an awesome testament to our guys' ability to step up when they're called upon. 
he's just like writing my script for me because he's walking right again into the next question, which is, so for those unfamiliar, in the Midwest Premier League, this is a league that runs in the summer, and a lot of teams in that league rely heavily on college players to fill out their rosters, and the guys who aren't college players over summers are guys with full-time jobs. So the progress you've been able to make in this part of the year in the Open Cup, chopping and changing, what does it say about the character of your players and the sacrifices they've been willing to make to make this run possible? Yeah, I think, you know, it starts with uh, a guy, a captain like AR, um, who has in the, um, the Midwest Premier League, the the best CV of any, any player there of what he's done in the past and what he's accomplished. Uh, but it starts with him being willing to come out and train four to five times a week in the morning um, and set that standard for the rest of the guys below him. Um, you know, as you alluded to, we, you know, we're an amateur team and so guys have to have jobs and we try to make it as professional as possible for them and train in the, in the morning. So you can't work a typical nine to five and compete with us. Um, we've had multiple, probably five players. We have one player next week that's moving up from Florida. You know, they have to find their own housing. We don't even give housing. You got to go find your own housing, find your own job just to come and support um, and play here. And uh, what's crazy to me is it just tells me how unique of an environment it is that people from all over the U.S. are willing to come and move just to have the experience of playing with us. And so let, let's get to that game that's coming up next week. It was supposed to be tonight, but uh, predicted severe weather has scrubbed that until next week and has allowed us to have you here today, Matt. So we appreciate that. And Joe, if you want to take it uh, over on this next one, lots of connections between the clubs and the fire. There's, there's a lot of storylines. There's a whole one. lot of storylines with Ford Madison, Chicago House. You've got... Ford Madison, co-founded by Peter Wilt, who's founded House. Uh, Matt, you know, very familiar with that. Uh, former House player from when they were in Nisa, Nazim Bartman, is with Ford Madison. It's going to be a very interesting thing. I know everybody on the team is excited to compete against him. He was around with AR and all those guys a few years ago. But it's going to be a battle in Madison. And, Matt, that leads me to the question of, how do you prepare in your team against a uh, pro side? This is completely different than going against Bavarians where you know all the players, you know that it's the Andrick brothers who are going to go for you. How do you deal with a completely different side, especially going in one of my favorite venues at Bree uh, Stevens Field in Madison? Yeah, I think I think what an opportunity, first and foremost, for the guys to showcase themselves, right? The, the point of our club is how quickly can we get guys to the next level? And so for the ability for us to play a professional team with this much history, the fan, the atmosphere, this is this is a great testing ground as individual players um, to showcase themselves and to show they belong at that level or higher. Um, in regards to the team, how do we prepare? I think, you know, it, again, we've been the underdogs, so I don't think that's new. Um, and I think even, even against, you know, a club like Bavarians, all right, you guys are both amateur clubs, so there's an expectation um, that people have that, well, yeah, you can you can win, right? N nobody thinks we can win. And so I think in, in one sense, um, it's actually way more freeing because it's like you, you can go out and play with literally no restrictions. If you, if you lose, no one's going to say, how did an amateur club lose to, you know, a fully professional side? And so it, I think it, it should take weight and stress off of the individual player to just go out and compete and showcase themselves. On the other side of it, again, we want players that these players want to sign professional contracts. So although we are an amateur club by name, 
as individual players, if you believe that you're to the standard of professional soccer, this is the next tier above of professional soccer. You need to be able to showcase yourself in this environment that you can actually play in that regardless of the title, because Ford Madison could be calling you in two weeks and suddenly now you're playing league one. Right. So I think that's kind of the perspective I've tried to, to give the team. Yeah, and of course, you know, we've talked about the fire connections. I mean, Chris Brady initially made his name there uh, during the COVID shortened season, was really the only fire guy who ended up being able to make a big impact, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Uh, to Joe's point, Bree Stevens is a really cool place to see a, a game. It used to be a baseball stadium, and Ford and Madison have really made it their own. Uh, Joe and I are both planning on being in attendance, and so uh, if you can make it, if you're within driving distance of Madison and have nothing else going on next Tuesday night, I think we would both highly recommend it. Um, so, Matt, you, you alluded to this a bit already, but House has certainly had a bumpy journey. It's founded in Nisa as a third-tier team. So, in theory, on the same level of the pyramid where Ford Madison plays, and then the pandemic hits and throws kind of everything out the window, and you're starting from scratch. How, how, what perspective has this last year given you as a coach? And, you know, what do you, what do you hope is next for this club? You know, obviously a run in the Open Cup, upsetting a professional team would be a, a huge accomplishment. But in, in a grander sense, where do you hope this club is going and what gives you confidence that they can get there? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, I'm, I'm just the coach. So I don't, I don't know where I qualify to speak on grand plans in certain ways. Uh, but for me personally, my, my goal right now is as we're an amateur club is um, how many players can I help sign professional contracts? And last year we got seven guys, professional contracts. So that's awesome for me. And, and I feel a lot of pride every week in getting to see them now play in professional leagues. Um, as an organization, listen, I think the Open Cup's been great. I think the the um, hype it's been, it's been great. I think the ability for us to give back on a larger scale with, you know, auctioning off the jerseys that just ended uh, two days ago and the ability for us to, to give money to the Ronald McDonald House through the Open Cup has been awesome for us as an organization to continue to do good in the community that we play in because I think that's important. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would love if we can get the, the pieces right and it makes sense, I would love to see the club at some point um, go back professional. I think it showcases that we have a lot of talent in Chicago um, that hasn't been tapped into. And I think, you know, you just need the right people, obviously above above me, above my pay grade to be, to be figuring that out. But I think that would be um, in the future a, a very awesome thing for Chicago House because I think they're brand is unique. I think we have a strong fan base for being just a small amateur club. Um, but again, the, the biggest focus for me right now is, is just how can I help the players? How can I help them um, continue forward in their careers? Matt, can your heart handle any more PKs for your team? Just in case anybody is unaware, the first round of Open Cup qualifying against Fort Wayne FC or SC, excuse me, ended up in the last round of PKs with goalkeepers. Tony Halterman scored that. And then to secure the Open Cup bid, <laughs> House scored in darkness in Brockton, Massachusetts uh, to get the bid. And Matt, I, I mean, Tony's been great, but can you, can you handle that? Obviously, the amateur sides, that's kind of what they're looking for sometimes is to get to extra time. Well, I have a theory, right? It's every other game so far in the Open Cup. Uh, we've been hitting PK, so that would mean we're due next week for a little bit of, uh, of PK excitement, right? If that if that streak continues, um, honestly, you know, I don't know. It's 
as a in one sense like again it's like a freeing thing like you as a you train pks yes but like in that moment there's a little bit of luck of what happens right in pks it's hard to predict and obviously we've been on the the happy side of that luck um in in the open cup so far but as a coach it's like my goodness you just sit there and you're just it's just whatever seven minutes of of stress and it's so far out of your control you know you're trying oh well he hit pk's well in training or he looks good to and you have no idea right like messi can play the best game of his life and miss a pk or he can play terrible and make the pk and so it's uh it's stressful i like that they you know they call me obviously a young coach and i'm like i may be a young coach but after this open cup run check my heart and i bet it's gonna say it's like a 65 year old man it's gone through a lot with these games well, I'm sure it'll be, you know, you got at least 90 more minutes to go through, hopefully more for Chicago House. Matt Poland, thanks so much for joining us on CHGO Fire, and best of luck next Tuesday up in Madison. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. And again, hope to see as many uh, people there. The environment itself is awesome. So regardless of who you're cheering for, I think it'll be a great time. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Matt. Yeah, thank you. And as a comment, Joe just reminded us, shout out to former Fire, former House, and former forward Madison player Drew Connor, who announced his retirement from professional soccer yesterday. The first captain of Chicago House and forward Madison, I believe, was his last professional club. So somebody who was a fan favorite as a guy coming off the bench often for the fire and really won a lot of hearts and minds, I think, in Chicagoland and decided to hang up the boots. And I'm sure he'll be in attendance next Tuesday, given all of his connections to that game speaking of the fire we do have some fire games to talk about but first this saturday the action-packed ufc 287 fight card finishes with an epic rematch longtime rivals alex Pereira and israel adesanya will face off for the middleweight title so throw down your shot to win big with DraftKings sportsbook the official sports betting partner of ufc New customers can bet just $5 on a pre-fight money line and get $150 in bonus bets if their fighter wins. Plus, all customers can get closer to the octagon excitement with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. Combine multiple UFC 287 bets into one for a shot at an even bigger payout. So download the DraftKings app now and use code CHGO. New customers can bet just $5 on a pre-fight money line and get $150 in bonus bets if their fighter wins. This Saturday on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So, Joe, the Fire won a soccer game. It was over a week ago now, but the Fire (laughs) did win a game. Fire 3, Inter-Miami 2, a wild one down in Fort Lauderdale, a stoppage time winner. But before we get into the details of the game, this is a classic game that the Fire always lose. Like, this is the exact reverse of the script we're used to. Yes, it was... Especially for Fire fans who watched the the blown game against Cincinnati a couple weeks before. Literally the game before. Literally the game beforehand, which uh, the players left the locker room early. Ezra Hendrickson, normally the most calm, keel, even-keeled person, was furious. I, I've never seen anything like it, even after they lost in the Open Cup last year to Union Omaha. Oof. But yeah, uh, the, it was crazy to watch this game in Miami because there's a whole different level with this team, especially when you're down in South Florida bringing that culture with you, but also understanding that you're going from Chicago to Florida. They had that extra day training there. There was something in the locker room, it seemed like, that something changed. 
something where the team really understands that you can't lose that many games this early. That's how things tend to fall apart and you tend to fall down the Eastern Conference. And the fact that, you know, you bring in Akai Kamara for those types of events. He's 38, former teammate of Ezra Hendrickson when they were in Columbus. He's Which really impossible. underlines how far he, how long yeah. he's been around. Oh, it's insane. I mean, he has, his kids are getting older. Like, it's crazy that he's still playing at this level. And he's going to be a bench player. Like, asking him to play 60 minutes is too much. He won't last the whole season. But you're seeing why you make those signings. And against Miami, it was clutch. Because as soon as Hyle Salazi comes off, I think it was the 80th, two goals are scored. And... Poor marking on the second one. I think Burke screwed that one up. Yeah, we'll uh, get just, into more detail on that yeah, one. Yeah, it stinks. But the fact that they were able to bounce back on the road in a fun environment is so telling because in previous years, the fire would have rolled over. They might have given up the game winner. And the fact that they were able to get three points is great, but the fact that they were able to build on something too just because you said it, it keeps on coming up. It keeps on coming up that they're going to blow these games, and they didn't. Well, absolutely. And so let's talk about how they got to a place where they could blow the lead in the first place down in Fort Lauderdale. A great atmosphere, not a great stadium. It's no. Four temporary stands surrounding a very nice <laughs> soccer field, but that's, that is what it is. The Fire take the lead in this game in the 30th minute on a Chris Mueller goal. And man, has he had a good start to the season. This play starts with a great through ball by Hallie Selassie, a great ball across by Brian Gutierrez, who's been on fire. The dummy by Casper Shabilko and Mueller just strikes this first time. Brian Gutierrez should have been credited for two assists in this yep. game. He only gets credited for one, which we Garbage. will talk about later, because Casper Shabilko does not touch this ball. But it's still a great heads-up play by the striker, and Mueller first time just belts that in. And this was the sort of team goal that, that as a Fire fan, you can kind of sit up a bit and be like, oh, that was some composed, organized soccer. And from three different levels of player, right. you've got Gutierrez, 19, future, in my mind, a future superstar, mm -hmm. legitimately has all the talent. You've got Mueller, a former draft pick of Orlando, struggled in Scotland, came back to the States. He's been very good. He's, I mean, it's a big acquisition, 250 each year of GAM, mm -hmm. get him from Orlando. That's a lot, a lot of money. But when you have a Shabilko, who's 29, 30 now, who's done a lot in this league, he wasn't able to do things like that last year. No. He was not helpful in a lot of cases. The expected goals with him on the field weren't great. And just his veteran presence in the middle, he's 6'5", he's massive, he's got this beautiful head of blonde hair. Yes. And if he can just create that space, Mueller is perfect for that. We, he didn't have the best game against DC United when it came to finishing, but if you give him opportunities, he has all the confidence in the world to be that striker, that winger who will put in goals. And I think, honestly, he could be a double-digit goal scorer this year. Just We saw the opportunities last weekend, but he's ready for it, and he's ready to take that next step. I really think Chris Mueller this year could become one of the top players in MLS. Yeah, he showed the potential. You can remember, if you want to talk about Chris Mueller playing off a big physical striker, he made his name playing wide of Daryl DK oh, in Orlando yeah. when both of them had that incredible like four or five month run back in like 2019 before they ended up going elsewhere. Um, but yeah, Mueller's been very good. Casper Shabilko, questions remain if he's a tactical fit, but the back surgery certainly looks like it is paying dividends physically in a way that he just looks brighter almost yeah. as bright as his hair not quite that bright but <laughs> brighter um the fire then go up 2-0 
as Carlos Tehran scores the weirdest goal I've seen a fire player score in a very long time. It's a free kick. There's a scramble. He kind of whiffs on a first attempt. And then from like a five degree angle, he just roofs it into the corner. And I don't know who was the most surprised that he scored that goal. It might have been Carlos. Oh, it was Carlos. It was no doubt Carlos because you see it on his face after he scores. He boxed out a guy like he was like he said too small. He gave him the Pat Bev, right? He was way (laughs) too small. And he. Carlos is one of these guys, Carlos Tehran from Colombia. He is such a joy when he's playing well, and sometimes that joy can take away from uh, his focus a little bit. I saw Brady's. When he was younger, yes. he occasionally would get a little ahead of himself. Yes, and he's 23. Like, I'm 26. I got to give him some some. Right. He is know, still space. a young player, but he has matured in a way. In the early games of this season, it looks like he has found, and maybe Rafael Shijos deserves some credit for this, I think would be fair to say from playing with him a lot last year. Yep. There is certainly a more, not veteran's not quite the right word. There, you can tell he's a more experienced player. And it's fun to see him score a goal because defensively so far this season, he's been very solid. Yep. Not the sort of thing that shows up on the highlight reel. So it's good to see a guy like this have a nice moment to celebrate. Absolutely. Especially when he started so well. And, and you, did you see how his teammates celebrated with him? Crazy. love They love that man. I wrote a story about him a couple weeks ago. And every time I go up to a player... Well, tell me about Carlos. Oh, he's great. It's energy. It's the smile. It's the willingness to always hustle in the cold, in the warm. He's always there, and this team loves him. And I think he could really be, if he's thrown up a lot more on set pieces, one of these guys who scores five to eight goals. If yeah, he's, he's got the, the size and the athleticism and for it. And he's stronger than everybody in the league. And if he <laughs> plays where he wants, you have to be willing to give up fouls on those too. He's a very front foot defender. Yes. He's, you know, the, 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 what's the saying? When you're a center back, you got to decide every play if you're going to yep. stick or twist. Yep. Carlos is going to stick nine out of ten times. And of those nine, one out of those nine, he's going to get bitten on it either by getting beaten or by getting a yellow card for cleaning yeah. out a guy, but when I you, love it. It's it kind of works with Chihos being a little bit more reserved yep. as he gets on in age. So the fire up 2-0 on the road, but they don't call it the most dangerous lead in soccer for nothing. And you think here comes the collapse, the final kick of the first half. Miami scores Negri, their left back, with a nice touch. He cuts in, strikes it with his weak foot, but Arnold Suke totally loses him on this play. Could have done a lot better, I thought, one-on-one defendings. And I think this is a good time to kind of evaluate where Suke's been at. Because yeah. at, time at times he looks really solid. And at other times, it's like he could be literally anybody who's played right back for the fire in the last five years. Not great on the back post. Losing guys marking. A step slow. And hopefully this is a moment that's a wake-up call to him that's like, okay, you got to be turned on at all times because sometimes a left back that none of us had ever heard of can come in and score a banger with his weak foot and you can't see it coming and you've got to be ready for it. There's also competition at his position now more than Mm -hmm. there ever has been. He shows up and he thinks he's probably going to have the right back job sealed and I've not had the real opportunity to speak to Arno this year, but you've got Alonzo Aceves coming in. Uh, Jonathan Deans looked very good out of position at left back. He needs to be playing right back because the service part of his game is just not there at left back. And he does not have, he is, he knows his limitations on that left foot, but it isn't there. So it just isn't there. That's half the equation. And again, this is a guy who played wing back in the USL championship. So to see him being a solid stay at home left back these last couple of games has been bizarre. I credit to Ezra Hendrickson for believing in him to be able to do it. 
anyway, speaking of losing your marker, you mentioned this goal a few minutes ago. <laughs> Second half, here's the equalizer. Uh, Burks and Aceves both just totally caught flat-footed. Stefanelli scores an equalizer. This is not the first time we have seen this with Kendall Burks. I've talked to several people about this. No one can understand why Burks is getting minutes over Wyatt Amsberg. We're seeing Burks brought in as kind of the outside guy in a back three when the fire are trying to hold leads. And now... Not for the first time this season, he's just caught totally ball-watching on a corner kick, and it gives up a goal. Yeah, and him and Wyatt are an interesting dynamic, too, because they're both kind of quiet, reserved guys, very nice in the locker room. Everyone seems to enjoy them, and it's the type of player that you don't want to see fail. Like, you see how they bounce back with them. And with Kendall... It's tough because he's got the size, he's got the work ethic, he's got everything you want. He got a U23 offer from Nottingham Forest that he denied to come to Chicago Fire, and then he goes and plays 45 minutes the next night for CF2 after the Inter-Miami game. And it's tough because it's just those minor, minor mistakes, and they come at a tough time. But I... I'm not really sure what you do with Wyatt Olmsberg versus Kendall because... Once Wyatt kind of got traded from Minnesota, I was curious why they would want to give up on him. He just hasn't been able to play a lot of minutes in MLS. He was MLS all-star good before yep. getting injured last year, which was just really yep. a shame. I mean, fans of your own team are always going to get ahead of yourself. But we had Fire fans calling for a yep. Wyatt Osberg United States men's national team call-up. Like... He wasn't that good, but he was very solid. And now when you look at that back line, Tehran and Shehos aren't going to sit. Like, nope. th- unless one of them gets hurt, um, you're not going to see White Amsberg get that starting role. Burks is also a quicker player, so I get on paper why it's like, okay, let's go to a back three and have this guy who can kind of play fullback two be the outside right-sided center back of the back three, but... This has happened multiple times now, and I'm interested to see if the fire, let's say, were to get a lead this weekend against Minnesota United, what does the defensive sub around minute 75 look like? Okay, so now you're just waiting in this game for Miami to score again. It's like, all right, we were up 2-0. Now it's 2-2. You just had the FC Cincinnati game. We've all seen this movie before. Both sides pushing for a winner. Oh, yeah. This got very end-to-end in the late stages, and then the assist that Brian Gutierrez does get credited for. They get out on the break. He plays it softly into the path of Kai Kamara, who puts a beautiful first-time strike. Everyone in the world, including Miami's goalkeeper, thinks that shot is going far post. Kai pulls it near post and scores for his record 10th different MLS club. And to your point earlier, this is exactly, if you were to draw up at the beginning of the year, why did we sign Kai Kamara if you're the fire? This is why you signed Kai Kamara, to go out there for 10 minutes at the end of the game and grab you a decisive goal. Exactly. And he just... It makes it easier for everybody else. He creates space, and he can follow or fall into those little pockets behind midfielders. So when a Goody makes a run into the midfield, and got to give credit to Gutierrez because Ezra Hendrickson was saying after that match that the reason he was able to get that pass off is because they had been talking in the previous weeks about how Goody had been taking a couple too many touches and how he had been really trying to do a little too much and finally he makes that perfect pass to Kai coming down the left side and Kai makes the remark that the only thing he could hear was Ezra Hendrickson screaming at him to hustle up the field and telling his 38 year old butt to run oh yeah exactly like icing his knees afterwards and my god do you see how much social media they made him do after scoring that goal he was he was not able to get off i will say the thing from training last week where it was just him and guti breaking down that goal 
excellent, excellent stuff. Like the, the, the fire's content is always good, but hearing 38 year old Kai Kamara, like giving crap to 19 year old Brian Gutierrez and like watching them like get along. Well, that's the other reason you signed Kai Kamara is he is the phrase locker room guy gets thrown around in sports far too much. However, Kai Kamara might be the best locker room guy in MLS. And you, that was one of those things that when he said, get me out of Montreal, it's not surprising anybody that Montreal is kind of a disaster because if, you know, Wilfred Nancy leaves to go to Columbus as the coach for more money and is doing great things there. I don't care what it is. You could not pay me more money to go from Montreal to Columbus, Ohio. Apparently you can if things are bad enough and Kai Kamara also wanted out. So anyway, Fire get their first win of the season, 3-2 to two. Is this going to build in momentum into the next home game? No, no, it isn't. And we will talk about that right after this from Game Time, the hottest ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, shows, and more. If you've ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you thought you couldn't afford, couldn't find online, 50-yard line courtside, behind home plate for baseball, now that baseball's back, whatever it is, it is possible with the Game Time app. I actually used Game Time myself yesterday to get a pair of tickets for me and my dad to go check out the White Sox home opener. <laughs> that did not go particularly well as we watched Michael Kopech give up five home runs. So hopefully there are better days ahead on that front, but we got Great, a great deal on seats, cheaper than you would have gotten off of the original listing if you had just gone to say whitesocks.com. So if you love CHGO, you will love game time. Now we've got Fire, Red Stars, Cubs, White Sox, Bulls, all in season right now. Some of those winding down. So go check out a game if you get the chance and use CHGO on the game time app. Next up, DraftKings pick of the week. So the first place I always look, Joe, when I'm trying to decide what we're going to do for this is what are the fire up to? Because if there's value in the fire, it's always it'd be fun to do that. Okay. The fire are outright favorites this weekend against Minnesota United. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving them minus 120 to win, which is something that never happens for the fire. (laughs) For context, they weren't minus money against D.C. United this weekend, and D.C. aren't any good. Minnesota haven't lost yet this season. They're really good. They just beat St. Louis. Who? uh, So Minnesota's not an offensive juggernaut by any means. So, But they have Dane St. Clair. They do have Dane St. Clair (laughs) in goal, future Canada number one, current Canada number two and a half with uh, injury concerns at the goalkeeper position say, there. Broken leg changes things. Yeah, so he's currently the two for Canada, but it's going to be the one before long. Under total goals, to under 2.5 total goals, minus 105. Minnesota has only scored more than once, once all year. We've seen, especially at home, that the fire can be stingy, and the fire aren't exactly an offensive juggernaut, and given the form, you'd expect Minnesota to have more of the ball in this game. So we are going under 2.5 total goals, fire versus Minnesota United, minus 105 this Saturday on DraftKings Sportsbook. I've mentioned this game a couple times. We only have about... 10 minutes left and it's too much time it might be too much time to talk about fire nil dc united nil woof i mean there are good you will hear soccer people say that there can be good nil nil draws this was not one of those games this is the type of game where you i wish there wasn't video assisted referee because when wayne rooney would run these types of games at darby county it was a legitimate boxing match. And it came close a couple times in this one. Taxi Fontas wanted a boxing match. He didn't get it, but he clearly was interested in one. It was so crazy how well DC played that style. 
They didn't want to allow too much in the midfield. They didn't want to give Chicago too many chances, and they wanted to kill the clock at every single opportunity. They were basically they playing a back seven. They had yeah. Chris Durkin, who is probably best thought of as a six, a defensive midfielder, playing right mid. Mm-hmm. I don't think he crossed the opposing 30-yard line okay. once all night. They had Yamil Assad out on the left wing who did nothing. Their entire plan was basically hit it at Benteke. And hope something good happens. Which Poor Ben Teke. He, he did not sign up for this. No. Um, so anyway, the first half hour of this game, literally nothing happens. There's a couple nice Gucci to Mueller balls. They're clearly on the same page. You see, there's a couple oohs and ahs from the crowd when Gucci turns on a dime and just fires one cross field to Mueller. That was fun, but was the most interesting thing that happened. Because then in the 20th minute, Mueller misses what ends up being his best chance of the game. Set piece to the back post, Casper Shabilko unmarked. Not the first time this season we've seen teams make this mistake, defending a fire set piece. Shabilko heads it back across the six. Mueller's there, and he just heads it wide of the post. And it was his least sexy attempt of the night, but it's the one he's going to want back the most. He was livid. He was not happy. He was so angry post-match <laughs> about this because he understands. And with these opportunities, you have to be able to finish, and especially in a game like that where it's cold, it's windy, and you know what DC is trying to do. You've got to, I mean, let's be honest, you're going to be slightly intimidated when Wayne Rooney's on the opposite side. We all grew up watching him. Like, there's no way to not do that. And most of the fire players are even younger than we are, so there's oh, definitely yeah. like a, a, a god aura around Wayne Rooney. Yeah, I mean, I, I was pretty happy to ask him a question that he didn't answer. Correct. <laughs> it, was, it was fabulous. But <laughs> Mueller had all those opportunities in front of net, and he just missed them. He simply just missed them. And there's the good things that they even had them in Thank God it's MLS with these playoffs. You've got enough playoff spots as long as you don't lose nine of them. Nine in each conference. It's insane. It already wasn't an accomplishment to really make the MLS Cup playoffs, and now it's just really an indictment if you don't. Exactly, and that's really what it is. So as long it, it stinks to say this, but you have to be content with draws when you can get them, especially in a game where there wasn't much going on and. The fire should be pretty happy. I mean, Brady played fine. Yeah, he doesn't make a save until the 59th minute of this game. But First that save. No, it wasn't that save. Oh. This, this save was a ground ball from, from Fontas. The ridiculous save comes in the 70th minute. Toxi Fontas is given space about 30 yards from goal, dead center of the field, and he hits a bullet that rings Brady's right post in live Austin, we in the press box did not think Brady got there. We thought he was stretching. Chris is six foot four, but even he, we thought even he was too much. And then in the post game, afterwards we're in the locker room. He comes out of the shower, and I just go, "So did you save that ball?" He's like, "Yeah." Immediately after he got out of the shower, uh, probably more like enough time for him to have like put like shorts on okay. and walk to his locker. No, I was not getting that invasive with that question. Um, but then when you go back and watch the replay, so Apple, you know, one of the great things about these broadcasts is the sound quality is amazing. And they've got mics in both corners of the net. When you go back and watch the replay, you can hear that it <laughs> flicks off Chris Brady's middle finger on his right hand oh before ringing the post. So he tips that onto the post, ends up saving a point. Just a, a ridiculous, ridiculous save. And Chris started his journey this season with a howler in the 90th minute to lose in Philly, to see him less than a month later. We saw this with Gaga last year. Gaga had a couple games where it's like, dear Lord, what is going on? And then he would do world-class things like this. And Chris Brady, the scouting report on him is he is a elite-level shot stopper, and a stop like this is why. What are rational expectations for a teenager? 
Like, honestly, they've been thrown out the window because the fire just sold a teenage goalkeeper for fifteen million dollars. But my point is just with the first game in Philly, where he made or the NYCFC game, where he makes a little mistake to uh, give up a draw. Yeah. It's a normal mistake for a 19-year-old to make. If he was a college player, you'd say, okay, that's, that's allowed to happen every once in a while. Right. And it's tough because as a fan, you don't want to criti- – or you, you expect the best. But at a certain point, this guy's 19, and he is one of the best keepers in MLS. MLS this week, I don't know why MLS soccer doesn't want to cover the fire – but they did not put him on their under-22 team for the week. He had a great match. He got no respect. Tops at least gave him a, a soccer card this week. But <laughs> this is one of the best young players in the league. And But he'll, he'll get his flowers. I mean, again, we'll see. We, I have to mention this every episode, U-20 World Cup, which is now in Argentina, probably, oh, rather yeah. than Indonesia. So slightly closer to home for the likes of Gaga, Brady, Guti. Uh, speaking of Guti, we almost get another Guti to Kai stoppage time winner, if not for a phenomenal save by Northwestern alumnus Tyler oh Miller gosh. in the D.C. goal. Kai kind of hits his header right down the middle. This header goes anywhere else. It's probably a goal, but Kai thought he'd scored it. Guti thought he had another game-winning assist, and we almost had a carbon copy Kai Kamara winner. Yeah, and he was upset at himself for going right at Miller. He's like, I could have gone right, I could have gone left, and I went right at him, and he was the last guy to leave, Kai Kamara was, Mm -hmm. after the match, so he was quite upset about it. But Tyler Miller, I mean, give them young man, young man, he's older than us. Uh, but Northwestern grad uh, Stephen Goff in the Washington Post had a really nice profile about mm-hmm. him because he was a Chicago Fire comms uh, intern while he was at Northwestern. Yes. Really interesting story. Uh, did the work we've done. It's it's not fun transcribing. We've all been there. And things. Uh, shout out to him for doing it. But we are starting if, in goal for an MLS team. Though. No, no, but he's uh, slightly better at soccer. Than great story. Suffered through some tough times in MLS, but a really good player who made a fabulous save and that would have taken everything out of DC and really kind of gone with how their season's gone. So I can imagine the DC faithful are thrilled with Tyler Miller right now. Absolutely. But I don't know how thrilled they are with that team in general. That's in that's the team's in a really odd place. They got a couple young promising guys. Christian Benteke is not the Benteke you remember from Aston Villa. He's not even the Benteke you remember from Crystal Palace that saw him leave the league. So yeah, DC in a bit of an odd spot right now. Okay. Joe, before we get out of here, big picture. Fire have six points from five games, seven goals scored, seven goals allowed. Eh, I mean, it's it's a, it's about what we would have expected, right? I mean, no one expects this team to make the playoffs. They're currently running about a point a game, mm-hmm. which is going to put you probably just below yep. the playoff line with nine spots. So this seems, on the whole, not great, but it seems fine. It is fine. It's not last year. So it's a good step, right? This team can make the playoffs if it's healthy, if they play up to their level and they minimize the mistakes. It's all the mistakes. It's all been mistakes that has taken points from them this year. It's not a team really playing that much better than them. They haven't been played off the pitch. So if they can just stay healthy, big if, they've got the talent and it's just going to come down to A, when does Shakiri come back? If he does, what do you do with him? And B, you start Brian Gutierrez still at that number 10 position. I think you got to figure out how to get them on this pitch at the same time. Correct. The the expected goals when Shakiri is on the pitch just from some of the passes he makes in the midfield. Yeah, we got to see if he can play that right midfield position. That's that's the obvious wrinkle is to see can you, it's going to ask a lot of Guti without the ball because it's either going to ask Brian Gutierrez to drop in as a center mid 
out of possession and play in in the box there and then kind of the in the engine room breaking stuff up or it's going to require him to sprint out to the right wing every time to try to cover the space that Shakiri's not going to get back and cover. So I'm interested to see what Ezra does to solve that conundrum, especially over these next two home games. Flyers upcoming schedule, two more home games this Saturday, April 8th, 7.30 p.m. at Soldier Field and on Apple MLS Season Pass against Minnesota United. And then one week later, same time, same place, Already for the second time this season, they take on Philadelphia Union. That is also at 7.30 p.m. Philadelphia, a team I picked to win, to win the Supporter Shield this year, a team a lot of people picked to win the Supporter Shield this year, and a team who has looked dreadful through their first handful of games. So maybe this is a good time to play them again and try to get at least a point out of that matchup. And uh, shout out to Fire alum Jim Curtin, but, you know, no one's going to be rooting for him at Soldier Field on that night. No, and... You need to take advantage of Philly when they're not playing well. They are so good always in this league. And who knows? They might bring up some young guy in June who ends up being the best player. They the always league. can find they, a random 17-year-old who they can then develop into an MLS. For we don't know if it's legal play. that they're doing it that way. Allegedly, we don't know. There was a report in The Athletic this week that several MLS teams were just fined for improper management of youth players. We don't know what the teams are, but there are certain MLS teams that sign a lot more teenagers than others. The Fire are also one of those teams. We don't Local. have... Local guys. So so we don't we don't know for again, we don't know anything on that. I'm sure there's more reporting to come. Paul Tenorio, a Chicago guy at the Athletic, broke that story. So keep your eye out for that. There could be sanctions coming. But we've got to get out of here. CHGO Bears are up next. Thank you so much to Joe Chats for joining me in I studio today. Really appreciate it. Check out his work at ONTAP Sportsnet, where he covers both the fire and the red stars. Shout out to Medill and all the current Medill grad students, if any of you are watching. Two more fire games, and then we will be back after that Philly game with another episode of the CHGO Fire Podcast. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.